Um, so I actually, I feel really energized after worship there. Like, um, I don't know if it's just the fact that I'm going on vacation tomorrow or, or the fact that just God really showed up. Um, and, but I, I was feeling through this that God was speaking. And, um, you know, uh, how many know we really love the names of God? Pastor Brian and I, we, we have studied the names of God. We love just like, you know, hearing about his nature, who he is, and everything that is incorporated in that. Um, and the other day when I was practicing the set list, um, I just felt like God was saying that he is Jehovah Sabah the Lord of hosts. And you know how David, he, he said, I come to you when he's coming against Goliath. He says, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Sabah. And so what he was saying was he was going into battle. And um, there's also another name of God, Jehovah Gibor, which is the Lord mighty in battle. And so we pray these names. And I feel like what God was saying as I was praying these names, as I was practicing the set list, and I'm just praying and I'm, I, I, these names came to my mind. I felt like God was saying, that he goes with us into the battle. That's really nothing new, right? We know he goes with us to the, into the battle. But the thing that came alive to me in that moment was that that means there's a battle. That means we are going through a battle. It doesn't mean that we are going to be, you know, in our own little bubble and in our own little uh, world where we are completely segregated from any kind of things happening. We are in this war. We are in this battle. And he says he will take us through the battle. And so when we pray the name of God of Jehovah Sabah, I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, and we pray Jehovah Gabor, the Lord mighty in battle, what we are praying is that, Lord, I trust you as Jehovah Nisi that I can look to you. You are going to lead me not into the battle to make camp, but you are going to lead me all the way through the battle and get to the other side. And I feel like that is what God is saying to the house today is that he he has brought you not to a place of making camp in the battle, but bringing you to a place of getting through the battle. And let's look up to him. Let's see him as Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sabah, Jehovah Gibor, and let's make it through the battle today. Amen? Amen. Let's go. All right. Well, we are approaching now the, the Christmas holiday season, and everyone knows that this is the most joyous time of the year. And one of the things that takes place in Christmas, though, is, is that, you know, Hollywood loves to talk about it, but it also seems to have a way of bringing out the Grinches and the Scrooges during this holiday season, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about, you know? It's like that person, you know, you know, don't stop el elbowing your spouse right now about how miserable they are through the holiday season. But the reality is, is that these things pop up all the time. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're there. I mean, I think it's a reoccurring theme probably in every Hallmark movie that's out there, you know? Like somebody's miserable, and then through a process this year, they end up coming to the joy of the Christmas season. Is that about right? I think so. I don't watch too many Hallmark movies. <laughs> Sounds so, like you do. <laughs> so the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of these circumstances take place are, are, are generally because something happened in, in a person's life. And there's circumstances that are going on, you know, where there's illness or there was a disappointment, there was a hurt, there was a rejection. And they all start then compounding and it just turns into a lifestyle, right, of this kind of miserable Grunch, uh, you know, Grinch, you know, unhappy feeling, right? And 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 this is something that we really need to take a, you know, take a look at. You know, yesterday, uh, you know, I, I woke up in the morning and I had an expectation, right? How many ever, you know, have have a, an expectation for your day? 
How many know that often your expectation for your day is not the same as what your spouse's is? Or your children's Rarely expectation? You know, like on a school morning, I love to wake up in the morning. No, I don't. But, but when I do <laughs> get up in the morning, the one thing that I do like to have is peaceful mornings. You know, not complaining and yelling and arguing and whatever not, right? And, and when those things take place, it really affects me. Right? Like yesterday, I said I had a plan. I just wanted to relax yesterday. But Pastor Sherry had a plan yesterday of, well, I want to put a new bed in here, and that means we need to empty out this here room, and then we need to bring this bed into the garage, which then we lost the garage, and then we're putting in a new bed into the room. And, and you know, like this is not just like a, a three-minute process. You guys know what I'm talking about? And I remember sitting there, and my first reaction to her was, was not pleasant. I, I didn't respond with, I am so happy to be rearranging the house a day before we're preaching and a day before we're going on vacation. And, and, and I, I, you know, I can say it, lost but my joy. But he changed his attitude and he ended up enjoying cleaning out the room. I, didn't I, you? For the most part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could tell, right? Yesterday. I ended up playing a song yesterday. <laughs> you know, I, I'm one of these weird people that, you know, plays a song over and over again. I don't know if anybody out there, you know, when a song kind of like speaks to you, you know, you just play it on kind of like repeat and, and, and the person next to you is annoyed after you push play the second time, okay? But I play, you know, over and over. There was, we were listening yesterday, because Sherry, I don't know why she said, you know, she wants to sing a song on Joyful today. We didn't end right? up singing it. We were gonna they sing didn't end up singing Joy. It. But I ended up listening, you know, to a song and it was like, it was the song Joyful, Joyful. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like, Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. And that's about as far as I'm going to get, right? <laughs> but, but, but anyways, it was like a, you know, a, a choir version of it, you know? So it was just like, you know, getting in. And, and after I put that on repeat about 20 or 30 times, you know, I started feeling more joyful. <laughs> and, and that's probably about the extent of it, eh? <laughs> but here's, here's the reality of it, though, is that we look at and, and we live in a version of things where our circumstances often are dictating and, and there's a reality to our circumstances, but they're not always reflective of the truth, mm -hmm. okay? And, and this is where we, we often miss it is because we're looking at what we believe is reality or we're looking at what we believe is our truth, but really truth is founded in God's word, right? I always use this phrase, I said, in a world of no absolutes, the word of God is absolute and it is absolute truth. Absolutely. And so I think this is something that we really wanna take a look at today is, is that when we struggle with all of these external circumstances, right, that affect, they affect our attitudes. And this is when we process them, we need to now take a look at and move, move in a direction that said, okay, look, this is what my circumstances may be, but this does not necessarily reflect the truth of what God's word has to say about those circumstances. A lot of times there's lies mixed in, there's deceptions that are mixed in, whether they come in through the various ways. The word of God talks about this. It talks about it in Ephesians 5. Uh, this is the first scripture I have. It says, it says, let no one deceive you with empty words. It says, for because of such things, the wrath of God comes on those who are disobedient. So here you have, you know, where others, you know, can influence you with lies and deceptions. It says in Colossians, it says, don't lie to each other. That's another thing. How many know that, that people lie? <laughs> right, and they lie to each other. And it says, you know, and it says, don't do that because that's your old sinful nature and now put on the new nature of God. And then in Proverbs, it says, a truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's one of Pastor Dave's, by the way, favorite verses. And then in John 8, 32, this is another verse that you guys often hear. And it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And I believe this is really important, right, that we understand and we spend time not being ignorant to what God's word actually has to say and that we know the truth, the foundation of it, because when we have it mixed in with other lies and deceptions, we're going to miss what it is that God is trying to really tell us in each and every area of our lives. Absolutely. So if you guys haven't been able to tell at this point, we are going to be talking about joy. And I'm really joyful and excited to talk about this today because, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, um, you know, when you pray for patience and, and then what happens, you guys all know what I'm talking about, right? You pray for patience and nobody wants to pray for patience. Yeah, she because put joy on you, the list this week and I was like, really? And it was, and literally <laughs> it was every single day something else happened this week. And then to the point where I don't remember what the last thing was, but it was just all these like big out there crazy things. And then finally the last straw, the last thing that happened, we both just looked at each other and just burst out laughing. We're like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is, there's no way all these things are happening. Like, and it was all things. And this is the way the enemy works. This is kind of what I wanted to say at the very beginning is that um, I feel like the enemy is um, really uh, coming into a place where he's trying to use old tactics to try to get you back to a place where you do not think that you are walking in freedom right? Where you, the chains are already broken and you, you've already been set free. And so he's coming in and he's grasping at straws here. He really does not want you to make a difference. He does not want things to break through in your life. And so I feel like this, this thing that he's grasping at right now is trying to bring up old tactics. And so for me this last week, it was, it was like bringing up things like old rejections and old, um, just lots of the same scenarios, exact same scenarios with the exact same people that I struggled with previously. And at first I was like, oh, I feel really hurt. And then eventually I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> like, no, I don't, because I know that I've been healed from this and I know that I'm free from this. And so I know that I can walk in joy. And so this actually brings me to the text that we're gonna talk, um, we're gonna kind of go back to John 16 a couple times. Um, but I wanna read to you John 16, 19 to 24. It says, now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. And he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come, but as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And this is the key verse. I know I powered through that. There's a lot in that. We're getting into that in a minute, so stay with me. But verse 24, this is the key. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And so I, I even want to jump to Psalm 16:11. It says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so when we're talking about fullness, we're talking about like being filled to capacity, like overabounding in your life. And you have more than what you have need of. And then even just going into talking about what joy is. 
You guys, you know, we know joy. And, and you know, in the Christian realm, we always, we do this thing like, you know, the world is happy, but in, in God's kingdom, we have joy. And, you know, there's a difference between that. But really, you know, when you, when you think about joy, you're thinking about being happy or elated or just an excitement and just this, this over-excitement that's on the inside of you. And, uh, and so, you know, there's synonyms that are like happy, glad, cheerful. Um, the thesaurus says exaltation, rapture, satisfaction, pleasure. But um, the dictionary even just describes it as a very glad feeling. You guys catching what I'm saying here? Joy, being happy. But biblical joy actually goes a little bit further than that. And biblical joy says um, it's defined as cheerfulness or calm delight. And these other de definitions that I've given you don't actually describe joy. They describe the expression of the emotion. There's a difference between that. And so biblical joy really starts from inside. It's something that takes place when, when we get saved and it's, and it's inside of us and it doesn't come from the external circumstances that we're walking in. Amen. In the book of Colossians, and we're gonna read in Colossians 1 right now, it says here, it says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. I'm gonna stop right there for just a quick moment because I feel that it's extremely weird and unusual that it can say, for all patience and long suffering with joy. How do you, how do you put all of those words together in one sentence? Patience, long suffering, and joy, <laughs> right? But that's what, that's what they, the author did here. But it's talking about being strengthened with might. And it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. And then it goes on. I'm going to jump up here even onto verse number 22. And it's speaking of in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. And if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope from the gospel from which you have heard. Really, what is this verse kind of talking about here? It's talking about that as when Christ came, he reconciled us to himself at the cross at Calvary. So when we come in as heirs into the kingdom of God through, through the birthing price of salvation, the new birth, this is really what takes place on the inside of us, right? And what happens is, is that when we do this, right, there's a, that new creation, it's been lifted, right, off of us, the old man, and now we come into this new identity within Christ Jesus. And when we come in, there's a lie that gets broken off of our last right here. And that initial lie is not knowing the nature and the character of God himself. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is that when we don't understand the character and the nature of God, when we don't understand his righteousness, when we don't understand his holiness, when we don't understand his love, his mercy, his compassion, his faithfulness, this is all things that we're going to walk around in a state of ignorance of because we don't know the individual who's our savior. But when we know who he is as our savior, right, this, this comes, and I said there's a new creation that takes place. See, joy, right, is a byproduct of the new creation, 
That's what takes place on the inside of us. So regardless of what's going on with all of these outward circumstances and conditions that are surrounding us, it is an inward part, right, of the inside of us because it's attached to our salvation and it's attached to the hope of Jesus Christ who's at the center of our lives, who's dwelling on the inside of us, and he is the source of our joy. You guys with me on this? And so a lot of times what happens, right, is, is that when we go into these circumstances and troubles and trials and tribulations pop up in our lives, we forget about who we are in Christ Jesus, and then we start reverting back to the old man. We start reverting back to remembering our failures, our mistakes, and all of these other shortcomings, and then we believe and listen to the lies and the deception of the enemy and then it starts to distort our image and nature and character of God. It starts to distort who we are in Christ Jesus. And then we need to remember who we are in Christ Jesus, that we are a new man, that we have a new identity. And as we stay firmly rooted on those things, that joy is an expression that comes out from the inside of us through the foundation of Jesus Christ on the inside. Then we can walk in the truth. Then we can walk in the fulfillment of what God has for us. Though the sorrow may last for the night, joy comes in the morning, amen? Mm -hmm. um, so where does our joy come from? Where does it come from? Do we just happen to have joy? Can we just go find it? Can we buy it? Can we purchase it? Like what, where does it come from? A few things. I'm glad you guys asked because I'm gonna tell you. The first thing is that joy starts with believing. Pastor Brian's just talking about this. It comes, it comes at the very beginning. When we receive Christ as our Savior, as our Lord and Savior, we have now received that joy inside of us. It is alive on the inside of us. And Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we can see in 1 Peter 1, 8 to 9, it says, Whom having not seen you love... Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so we can see that when we get saved, we have an opportunity in that moment to, re like, we receive that joy with it. We have it because we have Christ. And, he, and in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So we have that with us. Joy also comes, um, oh, joy, yeah, so joy comes with salvation. Earthly joy, the things that we experience here on this earth, this is temporal. This is, this is something that is gonna fade away. It's gonna pass away. The things that we experience, you know, maybe we enjoy food. You know what, that's great. But in five minutes, it's gonna be gone and I'm gonna feel full and I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> But, the, but that's, so that's um, temporal. The eternal joy comes from uh, salvation. And as uh, children of God, we have been redeemed and we are heirs of God and we have this with us. And then the second thing is that it comes through prayer. We focus so much on prayer here and, and I love it because honestly, um, I can tell you firsthand, this is a true account, firsthand account. I would probably be um, dead if it was not for prayer. If it was not for uh, prayer, if it was not for the time that I was able to spend with God, I would be at the very least struggling even to just survive every day because I went through such a rough patch in my 
was shaken. I felt shaken to the core, and that, that was something that really, I, I, I just, I needed something to be able to help me through it, and prayer was that thing that helped me through it. And when we begin to pray, when we begin to push in and press into God, we are spending time with him, and the Bible says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. And so as we spend time with God, and we are in his presence, what we receive from him is that fullness of joy. And when, all, when we see all these things that we felt like we just couldn't make it another day, we just can't go through one more thing, all of a sudden we're refreshed because we're in his presence and he's filled us up with that joy inside of us. And you know what? I can do one more thing. You know what? I can make it one more day. I can go through one more thing because I know that he is with me and his joy is alive on the inside of me. Amen. So in prayer, it says that even that verse that she wants to quote from that is from John 16, and it says, ask and you shall receive that your joy shall will be made full. Mm -hmm. And the next one here, then these are all compounding, right? So it starts with your salvation, and then we talk about prayer. And the next step here, right, of where our joy comes from is actually from obedience. And in John 15, 7, it talks, first of all, and I'm going to jump actually to verse number 10, and it said, Jesus is talking here, and he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Right? We've heard this. This is Jesus talking about, you know, the abiding portion of this. And as, as I mentioned, I said, Jesus is on the inside. There's a source of this joy and this hope that is on the inside of us. But what happens here is if you've noticed it said in almost all these passages, it talks about this word full. You guys hear that? That your joy may be full, that your joy may be full, right? Or that there would be an abundance of joy, right, in your life. And I really believe that what's important for us to understand about this is that if it says that your joy may be full, it implies that your joy can also not be full. You could have a depleted state of joy is also what the author is really uh, talking about here in this particular verse. And this is something that when we, first of all, the joy of believing. You know what? Sometimes we don't believe, am I right? Okay, sometimes are we, are we praying? Sometimes we don't pray. Sometimes we, we don't, you know, walk in obedience. But these are all compounding things which are sources of our joy in our lives. So sometimes we've got to ask ourselves the question, I don't have any joy. Where am I at standing in each of these areas within my life? But when we do walk, in, walk with joy in our lives because we have the joy of our salvation, we have the prayer and communion with God, we are walking in obedience with God, right? When we do these things, right, it fills up our joy. Now, the next thing it says, it says is walk in the spirit, okay? So in Galatians, we hear about this here verse. It says in Galatians 5, 16, it says, and I say, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust or the works of the flesh, right? But then it jumps down and then it talks about when you said, but the fruit of the spirit is love. This is in verse number 22. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, etc." So when we walk in the spirit, what is being produced in our lives? The fruit of joy. Mm -hmm. And this is key because how do we do that if we are, first of all, not even in a relationship of salvation with God? 
if we're not spending time with God in prayer, how do we walk in conjunction with the Spirit of God? If we're not knowing God's Word and the truth upon which it is, is how do we stay in obedience to His Word? These are all fundamental things that we need to do in order to walk in the Spirit of God. And when we do those things, the fruit of joy is going to be made manifest in our lives. Amen. We also get joy from pointing others to God. Has anybody ever uh, witnessed to somebody and you've just poured into them, poured into them, poured in, into them, and then all of a sudden one day you see their life transformed or you see them like they, they come into church and you know what that feeling is when you see that? It's just this great excitement that comes over you. <gasps> They're here, God's got them. They, you know, like they, their life has been changed and, and it's just, it's exciting. And in 1 Thessalonians uh, 2, 19 and 20, it says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ that is coming? For you are our glory and joy. And then in 3 John 1, three to four, it says, for I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Honestly, like I think about this even in terms of just being, being a mom in, in you know, the natural world. And just when I see that my children are doing what is right, there is just, it, it just brings so much joy and great happiness to my life to know that they're doing the things that they need to do to help them out, not because I I selfishly want them to just be obedient and live, you know, rightly so that I can benefit. When I see my children walking in the right ways, it's exciting because I know what that means for their life in the future. And it's the same thing in the spiritual sense as well. You know, as, as we're up here, when we pour into you guys and we call you guys and we see that your lives are changing and when, when you guys tell us of the miracles that are transpiring in your life and when, when you share your praise reports with us, it is just such an exciting time for us. I mean, there are many times where I'm like, I'm, if I'm texting, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Or I'm just, you know, like I hang up the phone and I'm like, oh, you gotta hear this. You gotta, and I'm just interrupting whatever it is because it's so exciting to see how God is transforming everybody's life. It's amazing. And then, um, and then uh, it also comes from the hope in things to come. So this is an interesting thing here is that, you know, we live in a time where there is a lot of unrest. Well, I don't have to even say that out loud. You guys know. It's been, it's been a crazy couple of years. Nobody really knows what's coming or going or anything. And so a lot of this unrest brings a sense of fear in people. But as believers, we already talked about, we already have that joy on the inside of us. We don't have to succumb to that fear because we have the joy of what Christ is doing, right? So we have hope of things to come. We know that all of these things have to transpire in order for the end to come. And we know what the end means. The end means that we get to see Jesus Christ here on this earth, that we have heaven coming down here and that we get to reign with him and we get to live in new bodies and we no longer have to have this earthly suit that we have that we struggle with on a daily basis and we're gonna be living in glory and we're gonna be worshiping him forever. And this is amazing. And we know that the enemy is defeated and that he has no power or reign in this world anymore. And so when we see that, we know that that is what's coming. That gives us hope. That brings us joy. So no matter what we walk through here on this earth, no matter how terrible it is, because there are terrible, atrocious things that happen on this earth, no matter what we walk through, we know that in the end, Christ reigns. We know 
that he is the king of kings. We know that he is the Lord of lords. We know that he is the God most high. We know that he is Jehovah Sabah, the Lord, uh, the Lord of hosts. We know that he is Jehovah Gabor, the Lord mighty in battle. And we know that we can take him through this entire life, wherever we're going. And in that presence, there is our fullness of joy. In the Gospel of Luke, it says in chapter 6, uh, right around 22, it says, Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and when they rival you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. You know what it says in this point? It then says, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. You it's know, not really how I would, you know, think about translating those types of things. Is that, oh, look at all these horrible things that are happening. Yeah. Let's rejoice. This is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the first thought that comes to your mind, right? When someone's, you know, slandering you. You're just like, yes! <laughs> I need to leap for joy. Great's my reward. <laughs> you know, and, but, and, and this is where I want to kind of bring out this particular point on it is, is really what are we dwelling upon? Are we dwelling on the disappointments? Are we dwelling on the rejections? Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But there's a second part to that verse that it says, but when desire comes, it is a tree of life. And so we need to remember, you know, when trials come, when, when, when evil things come our way, when, when, when people hate you or say things and do, et cetera, or rejection or curse, are we dwelling on the first half of the verse or are we dwelling on the second half of the verse? Because the second half of the verse speaks of the promises of God. It speaks about that God is with you and that you are more than enough and that you are more than a conqueror and that you are the head and not the tail and you are above and not beneath. See, in the second part of that, it talks about the life giving power of God Almighty. So we can sit there and make camp in the first half of it or we can sit there in the second half on the promises of God and the truth of what God is speaking to our circumstances. That's right, we need a sudden good break. A sudden good break, it says, will turn life around. How many need a sudden good break? I could use one. Amen, amen, <laughs> amen. Every day. <laughs> All right. So we have four points actually about uh, joy in times of trouble. The first one is that God comforted in tribulations and they were exceedingly joyful. Second Corinthians 7 verse uh, 4 to 6 says, Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. This is that thing again. You know, it seems to be a theme all throughout the Bible. Like, let's be excited about all the terrible things that we're walking through. Yay. <laughs> it says, For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. So they not only had external things that were happening, but they also had internal fears. This is what I was talking about earlier, is that the times that we live in caused a lot of unrest and a lot of fears inside of a lot of people. But it doesn't stop here. Verse 6 actually says, nevertheless, God... Nevertheless, God, if you are going through something, I feel like this is a key phrase that I just want you to say, you know what? Nevertheless, God, nevertheless, God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. So there's a couple things here is that number one, he saw all the things that were going on, the external and the internal, and he comforted them. 
But not only that, he brought somebody to help comfort. And I feel like this is a key thing is that a lot of times when we're going through things, we wanna isolate, we wanna push people away. Mm -hmm. we, we just, let me just deal with this on my own, let me go through this and you know, I won't even, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't need people, you know? And we don't even necessarily do it in a way that is like, I don't want people, I don't need people. Sometimes we just do it in a way that we feel like we're actually just protecting ourselves or protecting other people. But it says that he comforted them by bringing Titus to them. And so the question is, who is God bringing into your life to be able to comfort you in your times of trouble? He's bringing people into your life to do that. Mm -hmm. All right, now the second thing I want to talk about about joy in times of trouble actually is also in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 8, uh, 1 to 5. And I want to read this. In verse number 2, it says, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. And then it says, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, and not only as we had hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. And this is a point that I want to make about this one here. It said they had joy in the abundance of affliction and poverty. So these people were in affliction and they were also in a impoverished state. When we are often in affliction in a impoverished state, do we have joy? Do we talk about our afflictions? Do we talk about our state of poverty? Is our focus inward? Here's what they did. It says, because they gave of themselves first to God and then to others. So here they were in a state where they were impoverished, they were in affliction, but they weren't dwelling upon themselves in this time. It actually says as the ministers of the gospel came that they were giving first and foremost of their liberality to the ministers of the gospel and to other people. And it says through that, they had an abundance of joy. Amen? Good. So the next thing is there is joy in the midst of injustice. And this is where I want to get to David here for a second. I really like David a lot. And um, I like reading through the Psalms because David really just bears his heart in the Psalms. Like he, it's, it's, he's so transparent in it. You know, like I've talked about this before. In one moment he's saying, you know, like, oh God, how come all of this trouble around me? And then the next sentence he's like, but God, you are God. God, you are worthy. God, I will praise you forever because you are my king, you are my source. And so I want to actually take you to Psalm 43. I love this. It's verse 1 to 4. He starts like this. Vindicate me, oh God. You guys ever feel like that before? Vindicate me. You know, like that's, that's a prayer, like a cry from David's heart. God, vindicate me, oh God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust, unjust man, for you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light, Jehovah Ori, and your truth. Leave, let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And on the harp I will praise you, O God my God. And in here, when he's saying, God my exceeding joy, this is actually... Um, in the Hebrew, it's El Simcha Giel, okay? And so here, these Hebrew words, Simcha and Giel, 
Both are translated as joy. And actually, Simcha, right there, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but anyways, this is how I'm saying it. Simcha actually talks, it goes beyond joy. And what it talks about is having a, re, where your world revolves around it. So he's saying, God, my joyous joy. God, my joyful joy. God, my exceeding joy. God, my double portion joy. God, in your presence is fullness of joy. And so in this moment, David's not dependent upon his circumstances. He's not crushed by his circumstances, although we can tell that he's really feeling the pressure because he's saying, God, vindicate me. When? How long will this go on for? But he says, oh God, you are my joyful joy. Oh God, you are my exceeding joy. Oh God, there is none like you. And in you, there is fullness of joy. And in your presence, I will come. And in your presence, I will spend this time because I know that I'm okay with you and in your presence. Amen. And then the last part about joy in times of trouble is even that of trials. And we talked a little bit about this in James 1, and it talks about, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And really what takes place during this is that it's creating endurance on the inside of you. When you go through these trials and tribulations, it says, be of joy. It's just like when an athlete goes through things, there's a conditioning process in order to be able to grow and strengthen. My son's been playing basketball lately, and he had three games, I think, this last week, and he said, by the time the weekend came, he said, you know what? He goes, my legs were tired and they were sore because they ran a lot this week. But that's a conditioning process that increases your endurance, mm -hmm. and as you increase your endurance, you were becoming more and more in the image and likeness of God. And that's what it's saying. It's saying it's perfecting us and that we should be joyful in that process. That's right. And so this is where we're going we're gonna to power through the we're last These part. are power points. They're going to be power points. But before that, yeah. the one point I want to actually just come to is that when it comes to your joy, the joy of your salvation, the joy that is in the inside of you, do you know that nobody can take it away from you? Mm -hmm. Not a single person can take it away from you. Only you have control on whether you give it up or whether you allow it to flourish in your life. And this is where I go back to even uh, the scripture that we read at the beginning, John 16, where it says, I want to uh, specifically go to verse 21. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. How many know if anybody has ever given birth before, it is not the easiest thing to do. And there is a lot of pain. There are even tears. There's a lot of frustration of like, why am I in this place in this exact moment? It is not a very pretty um, fun place at that moment of birth. But then as soon as the baby is born, all of a sudden there's something supernatural that happens. And all of a sudden as a mother, you forget every pain that you just felt. And all of a sudden you almost don't even feel the pain anymore because all of a sudden you have this promise of life before you. And in this promise of life that you have, all of a sudden everything is okay. The world is full of joy because you have this promise that was birthed in front of you. You are now holding that promise in your arms and now all that pain was worth it do you know in the spiritual sense the same thing 
All the pain will be worth it. Everything you've walked through, every struggle, every trial that you've gone through, that pain will be worth it. Because when you hold that promise, everything will just fade away. And you'll be there, standing there, knowing that the world is okay because his joy is full. Because you have this promise before you and it's not anything that anybody can take away from you. You're not going to let anybody steal that. It is yours. Amen. So PowerPoint number one and two that I want to bring out here. The first one is win souls to Christ. Salvation, right, as we win souls to Christ, it talks about in God's word, everywhere that they went, it says that they preached the word of the Lord, and as they did so, there was great rejoicing in that city. Joy is a, is a byproduct that comes forth out of salvation, not only individually, but when those are around us. Lead somebody to the Lord, you will experience the joy of the Lord. Number two with that is have the right attitude. Okay, this is talking about, you know, what am I going to do in these particular circumstances? When we look at the attitude, you know, in life, it's far more important than, you know, we'll say even education and money or circumstances that are around us. When we look at the attitude, uh, you know, you hear this phrase often where it says, you know, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% about how you react to it. And so That's we good. can always choose, right, how we're going to, how our attitude is going to reflect that of God's word. That's right. Number three is walk in love. You know, it's not easy living with people. How many know? People fail us, right? Um, but we need to, <laughs> we fail people, you know, but we need to walk in love with one another. Um, and, uh, and the Bible actually talks about that we would be known by, uh, by our love that we are his children. Amen. The other one is, as it says in Romans 14, 17, says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And really what we need to do here is we need to have kingdom thinking. And this is something that releases joy in our lives. It's thinking outside the box of our own personal little space our own personal lives and thinking in the bigger picture of God's kingdom within the power of God and what he is doing in his kingdom, kingdom-minded thinking. So number five is unity of spirit, you know, being of one mind, of one body. This is what helps us to be able to get there and have joy. Joy stays where there is unity of mind when we are all together working uh, for the same cause. Amen. Next one was that we, we talked about this a little bit was, is the choice to think upon the right things. Your attitude is a reflection, first of all, of where you're going to put your focus and your choices. It says in Philippians 4, it says, finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are, are pure and whatever things are lovely, whatever is of good report, think therefore on these things. Mm -hmm. You have a choice what you want to dwell and meditate upon. Choose to think upon the right things. What I love about this is this was written in the book of Philippians, and Paul was sitting in prison while he wrote the book of Philippians, and it's actually known as the epistle of joy, because it mentions joy and rejoicing over and over and over through the theme of it, and he was sitting there writing it in the midst of prison. How many of you feel like you're in a prison at times, but where are we with our joy are we being affected by what's going on around us or is that joy bubbling up from the inside at the source of God? Number seven, obey and submission, uh, obedience and submission to spiritual authority. This is one actually that, um, you know, we, um, th that is really good. Okay, I don't know where I was going with that in that moment, but 
I'll get there, don't worry. Obedience and submission to spiritual authority. Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey those that have the rule over you. Be submissive. I feel like I'm just trying to rush to get all this done. Um, it says, for they watch out for your souls as those that must give account. You know, as, as spiritual leaders, we uh, take this position very seriously. And so we are very particular about, you know, when, when you guys have questions and, and just pouring into you guys the truth of the word of God and just helping you guys walk and, and, and find your way through things. But let me tell you that sometimes people... Um, fight you on that <laughs> and in those moments when people are fighting you on it and you just you know the way that is you know that the way that they're choosing is just not going to end well and you you try to tell them you try to warn them and then they're like no I will do my own thing let me tell you it doesn't bring a lot of joy and it makes things very difficult as spiritual leaders to be able to help you when you don't want to be helped in that way and so you know um I don't even know where the scripture is. So it says is. for you to do such in a way that they can watch over you with joy and not do it in grief because it's profitable for you. For you, yeah. Right? And it benefits you. So, yes, that's something that's probably every elder pastor in here who's been serving, you know, in that capacity over the last, you know, decades will be able to tell you, you know, this is something that affects the joy even of ministers of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Right? The next one that I have on here really quick is realizing that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, when, we, when, when you go through a circumstance, Christ is there with you in each and every part of those circumstances that you go through. And the joy is released when we understand that these battles are not just our battles, but Christ is there as Jehovah Gibor, the mighty one in battle, and he's there fighting beside you every step of the way. That's right. Number nine is walk in truth. Third John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You see, deception is actually rampant. I mean, deception's been around since the beginning of time because we know that obviously the serpent deceived Eve in the garden, so it's been around. But let me tell you, this is that in this um, season, in this portion of life that we're living right now, deception seems to be like overkill right now. It just seems to be another step forward. And in this um, deception, we need to actually seek and pursue truth. We need to have a desire to be able to know what is right and to be able to follow that. Um, being ignorant of it doesn't help anything, nope. right? Nope. Doesn't bring us anywhere. Nope. And the last part of this is, is one we talked about was just even in the midst of persecution, right, for righteousness sake, it says to rejoice. This is something that produces joy. It comes from the inside and it overflows out. And I said, it's not necessarily the first thought of what you have that comes across your mind, but it is something that we need to be aware of. And it is something that we need to become as a second, uh, you know, conditioning process. I hate when we're persecuted, when men speak evil of you, that we need to rejoice to be full of joy, right? For great is your reward in heaven. Mm -hmm. Let's all stand together. I know we kind of powered through that last little bit there. They were really just recaps of what we had said in the beginning. But there's a scripture that I want to leave you guys with today, which is John 16, 33. And it says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And this is really what we come down to is that, you know what, we know that we are living uh, on the earth in our earthly bodies. We know that things are not perfect here on this earth. And we know that there is a lot of troubles, a lot of trials, a lot of things that are going on. And he warns us about this. And he says, I'm actually telling you all of these things so that 
you can be of good cheer because you know that I've overcome the world. And so, you know, one of the charges that I want to leave you guys with today is as you go out into, you know, the next week and the next month and the days ahead, I want you to remember that no matter what it is that you're encountering, no matter what you are walking through in the moment that you're walking through, especially even through the Christmas season, you know, there's a lot of good things that happen through Christmas season, but there's also a lot of pain and rejection that happens in the Christmas season. So as you're walking through these things, remember you're not making camp in these things. He is leading you through this. He is bringing you to the other side. And as these things, experiences happen, as you begin to feel the feelings and the emotions, it's okay. Go into his presence. Draw Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you because in there you're going to find your fullness of joy being replenished again in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord Jesus, that the word of the Lord has gone forth. I thank you, Lord, that there was an illumination that is taking place, Lord, even into the eyes and the ears of individuals this day. And I thank you, Lord, that has gone forth and the word of the Lord, Father God, is producing joy from the inside out. I thank you, Lord Jesus, as we go through even this upcoming weeks, Father, that we will not be affected by the circumstances around us. We will not be affected, Father, by the worldly things, Father, but we will cast our cares upon you this day and we will know, Father, that there is great joy, that our rewards are in heaven. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that this day, that the fruit of joy is being released into the congregation. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that the abundance of it is alive and well in Jesus' name. We just want to let you know that you're a blessing today. We wish you guys a great week and just be blessed and prosperous as you go on your way. If you need prayer, the altars will be open. If not, greet somebody on your way out and wish them a good and a happy day. Amen. Welcome to the After 9 Show. I'm Pastor Brian. Pastor Karen. And you are? Howie. Pastor Howie. Wow. And what an honor it is. I just can't wait. We normally, we, doesn't, we don't just bring our guest in. We usually like wait. But because of the immense wisdom that you possess, we've got you here right here on the spot. This is going to be a power show today. And we're just going to just let him loose on you He's guys dynamic, right now. Dynamic, What are your Pastor thoughts Howie. on that message today? Well, let me tell you this. I met my wife, Marsha. Did she bring your Bible today, by the way? In my head, in my head. Oh, okay. But she's got it, not me. <laughs> okay. But I met her in August of 1965. And ever since then, up until now. That's a lot of years ago. She had been bringing me happiness. Uh... But I want you to know one thing. Happiness comes from the outside. But joy comes from the inside. And if you don't have that inside joy, that unspeakable joy, you don't have anything. And how do we get that inside unspeakable joy? Get over here, get over here. (laughs) How do we get that joy? Say that joyfully. By coming to God gracefully. You know, God has a will. His will must be obeyed. You just can't break in on God's authority. You got to come there humbly. What does the Bible say? 
you come enter his gates with thanksgiving. Amen. His courts with praise. Wow. And when you do that, his reciprocal to you Amen. is joy. Amen. Woo. Boy, I'd like to just spend a little time there for a moment. What you said was happiness is from the outside, but joy is from the inside. Right. You know, and, and some of the distractions of the world and, and just the, the community and culture that we live in perceive that they got to, you know, uh, pursue things of happiness. You know, that's one of the things uh, self-help book, books might teach us is pursue the things of happiness. But really what they were talking about here is salvation brings joy. Right. Right. And there's a connection supernaturally with Jesus Christ that actually brings joy. Mm. It releases joy on the inside. Is you right? see, Paul sitting in the Philippian jail, actually, mm. he wrote a lot of the Bible in jail. Now, how can you be in a gloomy place like a prison? And, and it's yeah. not like our prisons Those here. prisons were no yeah. cakewalk either. No, they no. weren't. Mm. And how can you be in a place like that and then write all these books of the Bible about joy? It certainly didn't come from the outside. Right. That's happiness. That's he a, didn't have happiness. That's a good he analogy. said, but he had joy. Yeah. And how did he get that joy? Down on the inside. Wow, that's that's so special, you know. And just just on that note, when you talk about uh, Paul, I, I know that even as I was kind of going through my process of just coming to know the Lord and that, and just being born again in my first couple of years, people seen something inside and seeing the ability as we go through those trials and as we go through those tests people see that joy on us don't they and, yes, they and that's do. a witness of and of itself and boldness and confidence we yeah. have the boldness to enter his into into his presence we come into his presence with boldness and joy mm -hmm. right right there's yes, a there's a joy in the confidence and knowing him isn't there right? i'll tell you this much Joy bells keep ringing in my soul. <laughs> Joy bells keep, keep ringing, ringing in, in my, my soul. I think I can sing. Joy bells. Joy bells. Joy bells keep ringing in my soul. When you have that joy on the inside, that's what Paul had. The world didn't give it to him. And the world couldn't take it away. And when you got that joy on the inside of you, I don't care what circumstances or situations Amen. you're in. Yes. So what you're saying. Yes. If I'm interpreting you correctly. Yes, sir. And you correct me if I'm wrong. All right. I cannot find joy in these things of this world. Well, you might find happiness, happiness in some right. things. You might have a little bit of joy, but the true joy that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as Savior comes from God. So and when we are going through trials and afflictions, we can have that true joy from God on the Christmas inside of us. Is that what too. you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Christmas shopping. Humbug. Now that's what I can really say humbug. I love Christmas. The humbug. I love Christmas. Oh, we're celebrating Christ's birthday. Christmas. I don't mind Christmas, but I just don't like shopping. Oh, okay. Understood. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Understood. So, but joy, you know, true, a true uh, attribute of God's love in us is the joy that we have and can express. Oh. People can walk around looking Man. dismayed, despondent, depressed, but when you have joy on the inside of you, 
there's something that just keeps coming to the surface. And people say, you know what? I want what that man has. That's I right. want what that woman yeah. has. Yeah, that's right. That freaks that's the good. double out, too. Amen. Yes, yeah. it does. Yes, and that, it does. that's what really sets us apart, uh, you know, and kind of seals. That's God's signature on us mm -hmm. that actually distinguishes us from those that are in the world. Right. Right. right, right. We can see that you and, and Marcia walk in joy. Oh, well, you can listen. see that. Listen. You can see it. The Bible says he was in the world. The world was made by him. The world received him not. But unto as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons Ooh. of God. Even to those that call upon his name. He puts that joy on the inside yes. of us so we can share it with others. Amen. And as we share it with others. Ooh, I feel good. like I'm getting joyful just listening yeah, to I you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a good word. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You're not done yet. Oh, we're not. You're not done till I say you're done. Oh, wow. Yeah. This, I got that joy. I have joy and power here. Yeah, yeah, it's I, a I joy having him, isn't it? Uh, it's a joy, a joy having a power right now. Yeah. yeah. And I can tell you when you can go and when you can't go. But right now, we're. Uh, I, I really like what you're saying, Pastor Amen. Howie. I mean, uh, I've always respected you as, as a man. Uh, as a pastor, uh, you've been very, very good with me and very helpful with me. But... I think, you know, the ability to see past the present, to see past the current and operate in that joy is uh, one of the, I think it's one of the fruits and it's one of those characteristics that a lot of us tend to lose sight of when the, when the pressures come, right? Well, yeah, see, when you can't see around the corner or over the hill, that makes you a little apprehensive. Yeah, yeah. But when you can just trust yeah. and know that God has it all under control you can walk in that joy it's kind of like elisha when he That's when he good. looked out and That's seen good. the uh the hillside with all the chariots and uh and all the the army of god mm -hmm. uh the joy and it's just the peace that we were able to operate in will allow us to see supernaturally where the natural can't that, that's what he told gehazi said lord open that young man's eyes he said elijah we're, we're gonna die Look outside, you'll see that we are surrounded. The whole town of Dothan was surrounded by the Syrian army. Yeah, it feels like that today. Yeah, and he was afraid. He woke him up and said, man, I looked outside this morning and the hills and the mountains are filled with the Syrian army. Wow, yeah. And, and, and he said, look, <laughs> look, I got this joy that you don't yeah. know nothing about, but I'm going to share it with you right now. Go back and take another look. And when he went back outside again, wow. he saw that not only was the hills Dothan surrounded by the Syrian army, wow. but when he looked again, he saw that the hills and the mountains were surrounded by the angels of God. I don't care what's surrounding you. Wow, that's good. As long as you got that joy on the inside of you, you know that God is surrounding it. That is so, so good. As we know God and get to know Him and His true nature, do we have more joy? Or do we have joy knowing Him? Do we have joy not knowing Him? We have joy in knowing who He is. Amen. And who He is and, and what He does for us. Yes, yes. You know, can you imagine yes. a God that created us and allowed us to take Him to Calvary and crucify Him? And then just before he passed, he said, Lord, forgive them. Yeah, wow. Mm. They Amen. don't know what they're doing. That's right. He had to have some kind of joy that the world didn't give him. That's 
that's right. Isn't it interesting, yeah. too, because many of us, and I'm not saying all of us, but I, I know for me, I had this uh, period where I went through where I've just figured if I messed up, God was ready to take me out. Right. But in, in essence, I'm the one that put God on the cross. That's right. And I'm accusing him of the very thing that I did, I'm doing to him. Oh, can you imagine you know? that? And it's, it's kind of reversed in our mindsets and our beliefs. We believe that God might be wanting to take us out, but the fact is, he went there for us. So we wouldn't have to be taken So up. we wouldn't have to be taken up. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It's, it's, it's so amazing to think yeah. what he did for us. And we, our minds, mm, our limited gosh. imagination, we can't even fathom what he did for us. That's true. How true. How the true. thought right. cannot even come to my mind what he did for us. Wow. But when I think wow. of his goodness and what he's done for me, I don't just have happiness. Mm. I have joy. And it's that joy that takes me through the rough times. It's that joy. You Amen. know, it's not always easy. No. When things come against you that hurt, if it hurts, it hurts. But we can have joy in the midst of it all. That's a good can. word. Mm -hmm. If it hurts, it hurts. But we can have joy. Right. Amen. Well, we got Amen. A, just a couple of minutes left, and uh, we're going to wrap this up here. We're going to land this plane, as they say. Right. We're going to so, come. We're coming um, in hot. We're, we're coming, coming in hot. hot. <laughs> well, we came in hot. That's yeah. why we brought you in right away, because we knew that there's going to be so much wisdom <laughs> flowing Amen. here. Um, but maybe you're in the world, and maybe you're just watching this and tuning in, and maybe you don't quite grasp what we've spoken on. You know, what, what kind of uh, advice maybe, Pastor Howie, would you give somebody that's out there right now struggling with the Christian season, uh, maybe don't know God? You know, it's not about us. It is about you. And it wasn't about Jesus. It was about us. He didn't come here to show his power off. That's right. He did not reach into his earthly body and pull his deity out so he could just put it on display. He came Amen. to give us life and life more abundantly. And we can only Boy, have that good. abundant life. That is so good. When we come to him. And all we have to do is ask him. We come unto him, say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And that's all it takes. Ask and then you know what? Heart, right? He writes your name in that Lamb's book of life. And Amen. nobody can take it up. There's no water that can drown it there's no fire that can burn it and there's no wind that can Ooh. blow it away Ooh, that's good Amen. once you get in the hands of god you are safe that's so good that Amen. is so good pastor karen any closing I thoughts i just feel peaceful listening to pastor Howie. he has right. this way of bringing joy doesn't Amen. he mm -hmm. Amen. all right Good. All right. Well, we are we're going to close out with that note. Uh, if you don't have that unspeakable joy, maybe it's time for you to come back and get in person here at uh, I-9. We're here every week. Uh, we just would love to have you. And uh, we thank you, Pastor Howie, for thank joining you. us. Thank you for your wisdom. Uh, it's two weeks to Christmas. So uh, if you haven't got my Christmas present yet, uh, you can uh, still get plenty of shopping time. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, you know what I'm we'll going to do see you uh, next week. You know what I'm going to do? I tell you, I know Christmas has become so commercialized. What I'm going to do is just give you the same thing I gave you last year. Oh, thank you. So but much. just put it in a bigger box. Oh, that is so good. But isn't that the way God does things, too? Because he gives us the same thing and it is bigger. And the problem is, where's our faith? Really, Amen. isn't it? Well, that's, uh, that's about all the time we have this week. 
if you if you don't have faith, maybe you need to get some joy in order to activate that mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, God is good, and He's good all the time, from what I hear. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. So till next time, I'm Pastor Brian. You're Pastor. Howie. Howie. Okay. <laughs> Pastor Karen. <laughs> okay, we got our names right. I think it's time to leave this show. God bless. Right. Merry Christmas. Amen.